Hi, this is Teddy. Today's episode of Two Broads Talking Politics is about the exciting new show, Run, the series. In the first segment, my mommy talks to Genevieve Steers, one of the producers of Run. And in the second segment, my mommy talks to Bushra Amiwala, the candidate that the boss squad helps in the pilot episode of Run. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. This is Kelly with Two Broads Talking Politics. I am joined today by Genevieve Thiers, who is one of the producers of Run, the series. Hi, Genevieve. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. So we're going to talk some about Run, and this is an exciting new project. I had the honor of getting to see it at the New Founders Conference, and then I saw it again at a Vote Run Lead training, so that was exciting. But uh, our listeners may not have, so we'll we'll put the trailer up. But could you talk a little bit about what Run is? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, it's awesome. <laughs> so imagine the Queer Eye model meets women in politics with a side of Veep, you know, because we have a comedy side. That's run. <laughs> so our show is basically this boss squad of five female trainers in campaign and field and tech and media and comedy, actually, going in and helping women running for office to rock their races and win their races. Uh, we call it a campaign transformation show, but to be honest, it's it's a little bigger and more feminist than that. It's it's a rolling juggernaut of awesome where women are helping women. <laughs> awesome. And speaking of, that's my little guy who's sick today from school. Because <laughs> we're all juggling a million things and never stop. <laughs> yes, yes. Very familiar with that. <laughs> so uh, so what is, is your background and how did you get involved in this? Well, I'm actually from tech, and I am one of the producers of the show. It's an all-female team, producers and of trainers, um, but I also am the tech trainer on the show. So I founded SitterCity.com in 2001, right out of college, and it's an amazing company. It's built so fast. It's got millions of users now worldwide, and we use this sort of um, Match.com-like model to connect moms with caregivers, uh, and it's been wonderfully successful. So my life has been filled with, you know, raising Series A and B rounds in the Valley. And like, you know, um, I actually am on the board now. I stepped up to the board level eight years ago. So our new CEO is a mother of two. Her name's Elizabeth Hart. She's phenomenal. But, um, you know, it's by moms, for moms, and, and it was just everything I needed to know about tech, be it, you know, how to pitch a company or how to build a database with a team. And, you know, so I, I actually thought I was probably going to go on after that and create more tech companies. But it's interesting. I also have a background in performance. And when I started to see the political climate changing in the past few years, I thought, wow, we really just need to get women to 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 have an easy model to pull from to work together because we're so close. It's just that, you know, sadly, we have to get ourselves out of this situation that we're in of total inequality. We shouldn't have to, but we do. So uh, run is uh, a bit of a twist from what I've usually done, but it's kind of similar to, I mean, with Sitter City, I was snapping teams around moms. It was a caregiver. It was a house cleaner, et cetera. Now I'm snapping teams around women in politics because if women have a team, if they have a squad, they can do anything. 
So you said this is kind of like a, a queer eye model, and there are five mm-hmm. five of the trainers. You're in tech. What are the other trainers focusing on? Well, they're phenomenal. So Faith Winters, who's our campaign trainer, was actually is actually the the lead trainer for Vote Run Lead around the country, and she's brilliant. She's also in Colorado State Senate. She's a sitting senator in Colorado. So that's kind of cool because she's not just talking about it. She's in office right now. Our media trainer, Mary Sims, is an amazing mother of twins. She's an Army media veteran. She went out as a reporter for the Iraq War. She's now been training women since that time to run for office. Couldn't be more perfect again, you know. Um, Momita Ahmed, she's our field trainer. She's terrific. You can actually see her in the movie Knock Down the House, (laughs) handing out flyers. She's really, really good at field and she's worked many campaigns, you know, knocking on doors from Bernie Sanders on otherwise. And then our comedy trainer is a very famous comedian named Victoria Elena Nones. Uh, she founded Women in Comedy in Chicago in Satira. She's, you know, trained out of Second City and she's hysterically funny. And the combination of these talents is basically what a woman needs to win. But it's more than just us training her for a week when we go in and help her. It's about us surrounding her, amplifying her, defending her, you know, helping her so that she's not alone. Because this is a very lonely world for, in, for women in politics. So the, in the trailer, the candidate that you helped out uh, is a local. Uh, we are both in Chicago <laughs> uh, and uh-huh. is, a, is a local uh, candidate, Bushra. Can you talk a little bit about what... Uh, you know, and our our audience can look at the trailer as well, but about uh, her her story and and what you were doing in in that trailer. Absolutely. So our trailer and our pilot episode was around Bushra Amawala. And Bushra is incredible. She's 21 years old, Muslim, and a college student from DePaul. She is charming and funny and witty and absolutely everything you'd want in an elected official. And it's funny, too, because this is actually her second race that we helped her with. Her first one was she ran for Cook County Board. She lost, unfortunately, um, but she did come quite close, uh, which which was funny in that race considering where she was starting from. Uh, And so since that time she toured with Vote Run Lead, she's been in Glamour and Vogue and, you know, really made a splash. So we helped her win her second race, uh, which was for school board in Skokie. And when the team went in, I mean, it was funny. Her episode was very easy. It was from scrappy to professional. So she was a student. All her photos have been taken on an iPhone. So we got her a professional photo shoot and yard signs and posters and stuff, you know, flyers. For uh, comedy, we actually brought her into the Laugh Factory and she met two Muslim comedians who could help her crack a joke about her hijab, right? So that it wasn't this crazy subject everyone wanted to avoid, so that it was just funny and normal. I actually helped her in tech because she had a tech team that, she had a field team that was just knocking on any door sort of pell-mell and we got her victory guide, which allowed her to know which doors to knock on and also her volunteers could could gather data on the road as they went. Um, Momita helped her a lot with field. Faith actually sat with her on the phone and did call time and found donors. And I mean, in the end, it was just one week, but it was so transformative for her. And she won. She just won her race. We went out and she cried. There was confetti. It was crazy. And so something about this model is working. Have you also, is this the only one that you have uh, filmed so far? What's what's sort of the, the future now? 
Right. So this is the only one we've been able to film because TV shows are more expensive. But um, we have a very exciting team, and we've just started talking to agents and festivals and networks. So our director um, and one of our other producers, Anna Breton, is out of the Samantha Bee Show. And she's a producer there on Full Frontal. Uh, She has a wonderful network. Uh, Something about this is just so needed right now mm-hmm. that I'm I'm excited to say that the response has been awesome. Um, our social media follows and likes are shooting up, uh, and people are just, they look at it and they just don't even blink. They're like, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who watched the last election is like, mm-hmm, yeah, we knew that. And so I, I'm excited. Um, that said, you know, our dream is to, to, you know, seal the network by the end of the year, to be shooting a season one by next year, because obviously we want to get something out right around or before the 2020 election. And, you know, I mean, it's funny. Our team is full of these A-type amazing women, right? So we literally just deploy things at each other and run, haha, you know, together. And um, it's been a lot of fun. What are some of the ways that, that people can get involved if they're either want to help spread the word or, you know, <laughs> work at networks maybe uh, or, or are candidates thinking about, you know, being involved in this sort of thing? Yes, of course. Well, the first thing any woman or any feminist of, you know, man or woman or anyone, you know, um, that, that, that wants to help us, please, please head to our uh, social networks and like us and follow us. You can uh, find us at Run the Series. So it's always at Run the Series on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find more of our trailer and you can find more information at www.runtheseries.com. And then if you're a candidate that wants to be on the show, just write us on Facebook. Just head to at Run the Series and send us a note. Uh, we're actually getting notes all over the country right now from women um, and some men as well and, and a couple transgender candidates. It's wonderful. Keep it coming. I mean, we'd love to talk to anybody who just feels like they need a little extra help to win their race. Also, the things that we're looking for are the things that might scare normal anybody, you know, about running. So we're looking for a mom with young kids that's really worried about, you know, the mom guilt she's going to face. We're looking for people with imposter syndrome. We're looking for people struggling with optics they want to overcome or anxiety disorder or things that that might stop them from leading when they're really qualified to lead. Like, so if you have a story, that's what we're looking for. Are you anticipating that you would be helping people uh, running at, at all sorts of different levels? You know, are, is this mostly looked at, at local? Like, uh, what's sort of the, the ideal model that you're thinking of? Well, here's the first thing I'd say. We're going to spend the same amount of work helping a candidate at the school board level that we will a congressional because it's all critical. The more women we get into office, the more of them will just work their way up the chain to higher and higher offices. So that's the way we see it. That said, I'm not sure what season one will look like. I'd imagine we'd have a full smattering of the whole thing. Our ideal is to shoot a, you know, six to 10 show season. And, you know, we might have one candidate that's running for re-election, but most of them are just running to run. We'll probably have a lot of new green candidates with incredible stories that need to get started. But, you know, I mean, we're looking for anything. So again, if it fits in those lines before, please write us. And again, if you want to see this show happen, you know, get on and, and talk about it on social, follow and like us on Facebook and um, share it out on Twitter and Instagram. Honestly, that's the biggest thing right now is just gathering momentum. 
Probably anyone listening to this is already sold on the idea that we need more women in office. But, uh, you know, what what in particular for you sort of compels you to think that that having more women in office is important right now? Well, other than it, yeah, as you said, being a no-brainer, <laughs> I worked in tech. I was a woman CEO in tech for so many years, for 18 years of my life. Well, not a CEO for all of that, but an entrepreneur. I have dealt with bullies and bully situations that, I mean, just people, jaws drop. But we all have, you know. I can't believe how few women are in tech, how few women are in industries everywhere, that we are still dealing with this crap, the, the pay gap, the, the fact that we're judged nonstop, the fact that, you know, magazines are still featuring size zero models. This has to stop. We have to support women, amplify them, push them forwards and let them know it's okay to be them. Um, for me, I was triggered very much by the bully situations in tech. And so I did end up taking those. And, you know, after we sold a division of Sitter City about eight years ago, I went out and I invested in uh, 16 women in tech companies with women CEOs. So I started by promoting women in tech, by pushing them forwards, by putting my money into them, you know, and their entities. And it's funny, this is a natural extension of that. Uh, sadly, there's just not enough people that aren't women helping women. So women, we're going to have to do a lot of it. But the more we do and the more we work together, the more unstoppable we become. So I, I truly believe if there's a if there's a fight here, we are at the very end, but further back than we think, and we just have to run haha, <laughs> so hard now at the finish, so that we finally get a government that represents who we truly are. Because look at Alabama; that decision for women was not made by women, right? <laughs> so guaranteed, we need decisions for women, at least being made by women, and not a room full of white men. Are you finding in, in things like this, but also in, in things like new founders, that that it is women who are sort of driving this this new energy of activism yes. uh, in, in yeah. <laughs> progressive and liberal circles? Over 60% of the leaders I've seen um, are, are actually women, and most of them are moms, really tired, angry moms. My, <laughs> my twins are seven. One of them's home sick today. We are desperately trying to hold it all together and fix a lot of stuff because, I mean, we all saw enormous amounts of systems fall sideways at the last election. I wish it didn't have to be that way. I mean, I, I'm actually about to fly out for two days to Santa Fe, like literally in, in two hours, just to you know, pitch and show to a bunch of, um, you know, uh, distribution partners, a, a guide that, you know, is a digital framework guide for candidates. I don't want to be away from my kids, but no one else is doing it. Um, and so we have to do it. At least Ron is making it fun. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is a lot of fun. I hope everyone will check out uh, the trailer because it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of sort of bright colors and <laughs> excitement, excitement about running. You know, I think people think of, of running for office as as scary, but it's it's nice to think, too, that it can be it can be fun and exciting. Well, I, it is fun with the boss squad, which is what we call ourselves on run. And so I highly recommend everybody write in and follow the show. It's so educational and entertaining and funny. So we kind of land all the notes, you know, so that it becomes an uplifting and exciting thing to watch women, real women, you know, running for office. It's something everybody thinks would be the least sexy thing ever. It's actually hysterical and entertaining and great. It's just nobody's showing that. So we 
can't wait to show it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure we talk about? Really just that right now we are so devoted to helping women in this heroic surge to get into office and finally write this balance. But it, we kind of need women to help us first by coming mm-hmm. to the site and liking it. And so please find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's just at Run the Series. And um, spread the word, like our page, invite your whole network on Facebook to like our page, please. Because, you know, we're, we're in these talks now, but um, you have to walk in with a pretty big number, you know, to networks to just matter. And um, we're doing great, but we really need to be able to get there and just say, look how many people think we need this show. Thank you. Okay, where do we sign? <laughs> we're, we're just, we're not even assuming it's not going to be picked up. It's so obvious, but it's just how fast can this be? Because it has to, given the trends for next year, we need this next year, right? It could be the only thing holding a lot of us up. So, so we're going to need this. Yeah, that's such a, an interesting new thing in, you know, I've heard that with book publishing, too, that if you can walk in and say, you know, we have X number of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, that it that it makes such a huge difference. Right. We're women. We're, of course, overachieving, but we're going to walk in with every I dotted and every <laughs> you know, T crossed and literally, you know, bouquets of flowers on top, you know, because we overachieve. But I, I think this does sell itself the second we say it. So thanks for, for helping us get some more um, ears and eyes on this. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put links up uh, to the trailer and, and also to your social media on our website as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Genevieve. Thank you. In this segment, I'm on with Bushra Amawala, who is on the Skokie School Board and who was also the uh, the candidate who was helped in the first episode of Run the Series. Hi, Bushra. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, so Busha, I've had the pleasure of seeing you talk in person a couple times, but for our listeners uh, who maybe aren't as familiar with you, could you tell just a little bit about sort of your your story of getting into politics and uh, how you ended up running for the Skokie School Board? Yeah, absolutely. So it actually started when I ran for the Cook County Board of Commissioners when I was 19 and a freshman in college, and I ran against a 16-year Democratic incumbent, Larry Sufferden. And in a three-person primary, I came in second and lost. But Larry sort of took me under his wing and became a mentor figure to me. And we shortly got breakfast after the county board election. He asked me to consider running for office again. And in particular, he sort of brought up the school board and how the Board of Education also has a direct impact at the local level. And I'd be able to implement a lot of sort of the positive changes that I sought to see. So Um, With his encouragement and mentorship, I decided to run for public office again. And I was told that, you know, no one runs for the seat. It's sort of an easy election. You get to get all the fulfillment that comes with holding public office, yet found myself in a race with seven other candidates. (laughs) But with the help and support from Run the Series, I won my election two months ago. That is amazing. I love it. So why did you initially want to, to run for office at such a young age? So someone actually asked me to run for office the very first time, and it was at that moment where someone saw leadership potential and ability in me that I definitely did not see in myself at the time. And I think part of it was ignorance is bliss. I had no idea what I would be getting myself into (laughs) while running for office, but I also thought that I'd be able to make 
a direct and tangible impact through public policy. And it would be a way to sort of combine all of the work that I was doing in the nonprofit sector and work that was rooted in service. And it was a more direct way to make that impact. So that's sort of what motivated and inspired me to run in the first place, coupled with the idea that I didn't know that I could at the age of 19. <laughs> um, so that type of accessibility was also very enticing. Yeah, that, that's it's such a great story. <laughs> so how did you first find out about Run the Series? How did you end up being involved in their pilot episode? I actually met Genevieve at an event I was speaking at in Chicago, like over the summer. Uh, she gave me her business card, said, call me sometime. To be truthfully honest, I think I misplaced her card. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until a few months later where I had Anna, who, who was the director, reach out to my website saying, hey, I saw you're running and we're trying to cast someone because we're filming in Chicago, like you should apply. And I looked into it and I was like, whoa, this seems way too good to be true. <laughs> so I considered it, had it in my back burner. And then actually the following week, I went to New York and I was speaking at another event. Uh, both events were vote run lead events. And Genevieve was actually there in New York again. And um, she was sort of passing out flyers for Run the Series, saying that they're looking for casting submissions and casting tapes. And um, she sees me and she's like, oh, my God, Pusher, like, you should send in a tape. And I was like, is that the same thing? And I say, Anna, Anna and Genevieve both did not know that they had reached out to me. So I kind of got hit from both ends. And I was like, OK, I'll send in a tape. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about what running for office is like without the help of a squad and then how it makes a difference to, to have a squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I personally think running for office and being a candidate is one of the most lonely things because as a candidate, you are seeking to be the representative of a district. And sometimes people um, in the district, constituents, others hold one to a very high standard to the point where we almost lose that sense of self. Um, I found during my first campaign that I wasn't as authentic and genuine as I could have been. I strayed away from, you know, making jokes. I always thought to be like my most professional self. And I never realized you could do that while being transparent about, oh, yeah, I'm also 19, right? I almost was sort of pushing away elements of myself and trying to be someone I wasn't in hopes to earn credibility and legitimacy. And when you're campaigning with the squad, I realized that I was almost looking for permission to be my most authentic, genuine self, to be told that I am just as capable and if not more capable to represent this district just as how I am. And I don't have to change in order to do so. And I think that degree of support comes from a squad, comes from other people that want the best for you, that see a vision for you and we'll do whatever it takes to help you get there. And that line of support is something that I can't put a value on, but it makes the world of a difference while campaigning. Were there things that really surprised you about running for office, lessons you sort of learned in, in your first run that helped you in your second? In my first run, I learned how much money mattered. And I always knew that fundraising is a really big part of campaigning and it goes into it. But I was almost unclear as to what I was fundraising for while I was fundraising. And the impact of something like direct mail is something I did not realize until I ran in another race and was able to afford to send out three pieces of high quality mail within my district and saw the impact of that. The mail, I think, the mail and the money, I think, is something that is like, it's, I, I don't want to say it's like self-explanatory, but I think that just sheds to like the own ignorance that I held towards like what goes on. Mm -hmm. um, 
and what it takes to run a campaign. I was also really, what I learned was the impact of social media. So I realized that I personally had strengths that other candidates in each of my respective races did not have and vice versa. And instead of me trying to mirror the strengths that I saw my fellow candidates while campaigning, I sought to maximize and capitalize on what I knew I was good at, whether that be social media marketing, whether it be engaging through people through other avenues that maybe aren't the most traditional forms and ways to campaign. Um, that's sort of what I allowed myself to do, to sort of become more creative with what it takes to campaign. So I learned that it's okay to not do what everyone else does, um, because it all comes down to the values and the mission whether that be to get elected, whether that be to make an impact, make a difference, make a change, and sticking to that goes much further than trying to follow a formula that may not work. So I know uh, in your first race, our listeners can't see you, of course, uh, but <laughs> you you wear a hijab. And I know in your first race that that became sort of a, a bigger point than you thought it would. Was that mm-hmm. Was that the same going forward then when you ran again? You know, I think it's so interesting that it was not. So it was the biggest deal ever while I was running for the Cook County Board. Everyone always talked about it. Everyone always asked me about it. People, I think, talked about my hijab more than they talked about my age. And I always thought that me being <laughs> 19 at the time would come up more than like, oh, yeah, I wear a hijab as well. And it, I think it didn't come up as much in my second campaign because at that point, wearing a hijab and holding public office wasn't as obscene of an idea as maybe as it was in 2017. Um, Having, you know, our first Muslim woman elected to Congress, maybe that had an impact on it. Perhaps it was normalized that I was the same candidate. So there were other elements that people thought to focus on than just my appearance. But surprisingly, it didn't come up. And that in itself was so refreshing during my second campaign, for sure. That's great. I'm I'm really glad to to hear that. And I think, you know, it it points to sort of the importance of representation and, you know, once mm-hmm. people have have seen something, it it becomes more normalized, right? So I'm I'm mm-hmm. thinking a lot about that with uh, you know, we had one woman run for president and and that became a little more normal and now we have six mm-hmm. and you know that yeah. that maybe we'll see more and more. And I think, you know, maybe just from from people seeing you running to be people seeing you running again, you sort of were that representation for yourself. Self, but but mm-hmm. that will then also help people going forward, other Muslim women as, as they're running mm-hmm. for office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just underrepresented communities in general, because it's so hard to envision yourself in a space where there isn't someone who looks like you present. I mean, I hope that my story inspires all people of whatever respective backgrounds and stuff, because it truly is the story of an ordinary person who was somehow able to step into an extraordinary leadership role with the help and guidance and support of mentors and allies and friendship. And that's really how I did it. I actually didn't have any paid campaign staff on either of my campaigns. It was all volunteer work from people who believed in me, who wanted to see me succeed in my voice out uh, into the world because they believed in the mission that I had and that purpose. So it comes down to that as well. But absolutely, I agree. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to make sure that we talk about, uh, either about your own campaigning or about Run the Series? I definitely want to say how the mo- my favorite part about Run the Series was that my boss squad did not stop as the camera stopped rolling. Mm. They stuck with me through the entirety of my campaign. Many of them came to my campaign watch event, those who could. Um, Mary, who is the PR trainer, 
I was literally texting her on what clothes I should wear before my Fox interview the day after I got elected. I kept, I had so many email exchanges with Faith in regard to like what messaging looks the best. Uh, me and Momita are like Facebook friends and always I was constantly inspired by her drive and motivation. I feel like I'm so much funnier now because of Victoria and Genevieve across the board. I see her everywhere and she's the best. And even the director, Anna, all of them, like it did not stop just because the show was done being filmed. Like they truly were there till the end. And despite me being elected now, like they're still there if I need anything, just one phone call, one text away. And that degree of authenticity and genuinity is something that I want to make sure comes across about all of them. They're all really amazing, genuine women. I've heard them mention that they loved your dad. What does your dad think about all this attention? (laughs) Oh, yeah. My dad um, is so proud, honestly. Um, He came to the United States when he was like 18 with literally $20 and didn't know a word of English. And he sees that his daughter is now the youngest Muslim elected official in the United States. So he really isn't anything but proud. And I think to him, like me shooting for the stars isn't enough. Like he and my mom both are always motivating me to be the best version of myself. And they always remind me of the responsibility I have that comes with not only being an elected representative in my district, but also being a Muslim woman that wears the hijab. Because as a result, I do end up representing the larger Muslim female population. And um, they always ensure that I'm aware of that responsibility. And I'm very proud to see how far I've come. So yeah, they're both so wonderful. And I think they probably break the mold of what people think traditional, perhaps immigrant parents may be like. And my dad's also super funny and conversational. So he just like captured all of their hearts and stuff. Um, and he, and him and my mom are both like diehard feminists. So I'm sure that has to do with it too. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, Bushra, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're a college student and on the school board and a very busy person. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I love your story, and I, I hope it inspires lots of young women to think about running for office. Of course, any time, and that would seriously be the biggest win of in itself. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Two Broads Talking Politics. Our theme song is called Are You Listening? off of the album Elephant Shaped Trees by the band Immunuri, and we're using it with permission of the band. Our logo and other original artwork is by Matthew Wethlin and was created for use by this podcast.